Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing. Greetings, this is Sharon Swing along with Joan Kelly today. Welcome everyone, glad to be here. Yes, we are here for another episode of the One Life Maps podcast and um, today we're going to be talking about life mapping. And we're going to be talking a little bit about how do you know you're ready for life mapping? What kind of life circumstances um, are times when life mapping is just going to be beneficial for you? And so let's start at the beginning, Joan. And um, we also talk on our website, onelifemaps.com, about listen to my life is for you if you are seeking God in a deeper way and desire to rediscover who you are through his eyes. Have you ever felt that, Joan? I, I think so. I would definitely say there have been seasons in my life where I have been more aware of my desire for a deeper relationship with God. Um, I think, you know, definitely I became a Christ follower in high school and was definitely aware of it at that time. My brother came home and explained what it meant. And I was then able to kind of name and notice that there was this kind of desire uh, within me. Even though I'd been raised in a Christian home, there was something deeper there. Um, and then I would say, you know, there was there was other times in my life where, you know, in my 20s, you know, have left home and working and noticing once again, like, well, who am I now, you know, apart from my parents? Um, and uh, and then I would say um, probably in my 40s, I mean, definitely other points along the way of figuring out there's more to this. There's more to who God made me. There's more to the way my story connects to his. Um, but those are definitely times that I can think of specifically of wanting to seek God in a in a deeper way. What about you? Yeah, I think the rediscover who you are through his eyes, I think that has a deep resonance with me when I have come to places in my life where things just aren't working at some level because I realize that I have been trying to um, arrange my life in a way to satisfy somebody else. Mm-hmm or um, what has been has just kind of fallen away in some place. Um, I have, um, in my past, I had a job that ended. There was a change in in structure in the in the organization I was working with and an end to the program that I had been uh, leading. And it put me into a place of really asking those deeper questions of, of, well, if it if if I'm not that job because it was a really kind of a high profile job that a lot of people knew who I was and I was kind of the carrier of the vision um for the CEO and and it was so much of my life was was wrapped up in my identity with my job and I needed to be able to to when that was gone, when that program ended, because somebody bought the company and the CEO was gone, and it was just it was not a good time to be the carrier of the old guy's vision. That was for sure. <laughs> and so that was a really 
hard time for me, but ripe with opportunity for me. Because when we've placed our identity in something um, like a job, something like that, and we find out that it's done, we wouldn't have chosen for it to be done. But the opportunity within it is to find another deeper level of who you really are Mm -hmm. and what your expression is um, in the world. But also, well, if that's not how I'm going to be seen, then whose reference point am I using? Mm, That's a good way to look at it. And so having God be my reference point at that point in time was so transforming to me. And it was kind of a new idea Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to me in my 20s at that point that I really wanted to figure out how God saw me and take that in because I had a sense that there was going to be something that was truer, something that was more lasting, um, something that was more satisfying Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of that. Yeah, I think this this gets to an issue of identity, right? Mm -hmm. And our identity is... Um, is so fickle <laughs> when we put it in other people, in other things, and accomplishments, and all, and uh, getting the kind of that north star right, right. in right. terms of and something with a little bit of roots on it, right? That it's it's going to take hold. That there's foundation. Uh, I, I think for me, as I thought about those points, and as I heard you talking there, Sharon, I think about how um, it was in those places where I felt a restlessness, I think, too, that kind of went along with, you know, maybe something was transitioning or I was trying to, as you said, the identity piece, trying to figure out who who am I, who am I apart from my parents, who am I in, in God's eyes? And I, I think those kind of questions were kind of new for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just so struck by the truth that underlies this this particular concept that if we put our if we give other people the strings <laughs> to our identity other things other positions accomplishments and everything that's really fragile mhm and to have those things taken away then just kind of sweeps the rug out from underneath you but if your identity rests in who God made you to be and how God sees you, which is a beloved child of the Most High God, as we remind people often, um, then we're then we're grounded in a way where circumstances and, and jobs and mm-hmm. accomplishments and all can come and go, but yet we're still, like you said, rooted mm-hmm. is a great word there. I just love mm-hmm. that idea of sinking your roots deep in who God says mm-hmm. we are. I mean, the thing that I see happening there is, as you were talking, is we're actually giving power <laughs> to that, in this case, that other person that doesn't really belong to them. And we're trying to put our, you know, if we come back to the roots analogy, we're trying to give, you know, find a way to, to get roots out of that other um, person, that job, that situation. But then when life falls apart, <laughs> Um, you know, that those roots aren't very deep. Right. And, but there's great opportunity at those moments when we, when we, that happens ourselves or if we're listening to someone who is at those places, um, to see it as an opportunity 
mm-hmm. because we're on we're on the edge of learning something new sometimes. <laughs> Otherwise, we can just go on to whatever the next identity hook is, right? <laughs> I, right. That's a great word, identity hook. I had never said that before, but no. that is a pretty good uh, analogy, mm-hmm. I guess, that it would be a metaphor. And so this idea of rediscovering who you are through God's eyes, how would you say life mapping helps with that? I I think it gives you a framework for looking at your own story, but then kind of taking a step back and seeing that your story is a part of a much larger, grander storyline. And while I was sort of aware of that, I don't think I made that connection um, until I sat down to document my story, um, to speak it out loud to another person And then all of a sudden I had this other framework that, you know, connected to all the scripture and things I had learned as a child, but it, it connected in a new and a fresh way. And I was all of a sudden able to see like, oh, wait, that is how God sees me. And, oh, these pieces in my storyline connect in this way because he made me this way or he wants to use me this way in his, in his bigger story. So it, um, I guess it gave me perspective. Yeah, I think the 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 subtitle of Listen to My Life, the the life mapping materials that we that we offer through One Life Maps, um, the subtitle is Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. And that's what life mapping helps you do. But in the midst of it, we we end up, like you're saying, it flips around a little bit and we find ourselves being found in God's story. Mm-hmm. That our story being being completely and totally engulfed by God's story and the story he is telling through his creation mm-hmm. and in the world right now. And... Um, connecting with our identity of one that breathes in love and breathes out love in various different ways um, over our lifetime to various different people. So we also then have a, have you thought, I don't know myself anymore in terms of is it time to engage in life mapping uh, with Listen to My Life? I don't know myself anymore. Have you ever felt at a time in your life, Joan, that that uh, you don't know yourself anymore. I think the one that comes to mind was um, in my twenties. Um, I had a big consulting job. I traveled a lot. I was gone a lot. I worked a lot of hours. Um, I was, you know fairly successful, um, was well-respected, but I think I was losing track of myself. I think I was losing track of my values, but I think I was also in the stage of figuring out who I was. And so I think I was in one of those places of restlessness where, you know, a couple things are just kind of rubbing up against each other. Like I knew I wasn't fully acting out of who I was, but I was being, I was getting the accolades from the world (laughs) of, you know, 
success and, and money and, you know, moving up the ladder and those kind of things. So that's definitely the season that, that kind of comes to mind. So I will quite often when I sit with people, because I didn't find this idea of life mapping till I was in my 40s, will say to a 20-something like, oh, <laughs> you know, I wish. <laughs> really? I wish I had discovered or known about this whole idea of mapping your life, of learning to be reflective about yourself and God and others. Yeah, I think one of the times that comes to my mind is um, I was married um, in my mid-20s and divorced um, in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. And that rocked me to the core. And what I thought was true about my relationship, what I thought was true about what my future looked like, what I thought was true about myself um, was rattled. And there was such a deep sense of betrayal in the midst of um, of how it all happened that I felt worthless. I felt duped, just flat, flat out stupid for believing lies um, in the midst of it. And I just, I, I, I thought, well, who the heck am I anyway? And in the midst of the process of all of that unfolding, um, I was I still had my my job at a Fortune 500 company and and I decided I really wanted to do my master's in organization development and I got permission and funding to do that which I was wildly thrilled about and um, I landed at the Masters of Science in Organization Development program at Pepperdine University which is probably I I don't know exactly all the all the <laughs> what all the other programs look like but I can't imagine there being a better one. And it was such a personal in-depth experience that was really looking at yourself as the instrument, yourself as the instrument of change in organizations and with leaders and and so it was it was like it was like a uh, coaching or or spiritual direction kind of ish thing going on, understanding how who I am as a person affects the people around me and the questions I ask as interventions and um, a way of thinking that was so foreign to what I had experienced before. And in the midst of that program, they had us do life mapping. Mm-hmm. And we did it in the context of something called a T group, which is um, I won't explain all of that, but many, anyway, it was a it was a small group kind of a format where we mapped our life stories and told our stories to one another, and it was so incredibly powerful not only to map it, but what I learned about myself in the process of speaking it out to listeners that that were trained listeners at that point in time and also then to listen to the stories of others in that group that were so vulnerable and willing to share um, some of the very deep pain that they had experienced. But also what I noticed in the midst of it was that deep pain also produced some incredible maturity in people. And my pain was pretty new and raw. But hearing some of these people, because I was one of the younger ones in the in the group at that point in time, hearing some people that had gone before me that had hit incredible low lows, and all, but to to realize that there was gain in it, 
that there were things to be learned. There was refining in the midst of it. And that has stuck, that stuck with me. And so I had the gift of that in my late 20s. And that was the second time I had encountered life mapping. And the first time was, was a little bit more, I didn't, I didn't take it in, but it, well, also it was a, it was not presented as all of it could, what could be. And so that idea that I don't know myself anymore and then coming to a place where, where we were asked to map our life stories was so significant in me coming to a place of being able to articulate more clearly for myself who I know myself to be. And so God wasn't really a part of the curriculum in that in, in that deal. So there were still some pieces of the puzzle that were missing, but yet these profound changes were happening inside of me as realizing how much power each one of us has to influence um, people and leaders and organizations and families and, and how most people are completely unaware of their influence. But to have some self-awareness to be able to use that influence for good is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so I learned those lessons very, very deeply in, I guess I was probably about 28 or 29 at the time. And what a gift that was to me. And I also produced, I also wrote, they had us write our vision and mission statements at that point. It, it wasn't connected uh, in the same in the same time frame within the program, but they asked us to write those, those pieces. And I still, those are, that's my vision and that's my mission statement Mm -hmm. that I wrote in my twenties that are still true of me today. And my vision statement is to be a catalyst for generative change, change that goes on, that multiplies beyond me. And Joan, you know me well enough to know that this whole listen to my life thing for me, it's all about multiplication. It's yes. about the blessing of God in one place being the blessing of God in many places and um, gathering people that are interested in being in on the action <laughs> and equipping them and releasing them to do this with other people. And the, my mission statement is to help people articulate their intentions and live them out. And how much, and, and that mission statement is so evident and clear in what we do with, with Listen to My Life and, and inside of One Life Maps. Um, but it's been true of everything that I have deeply invested in. Mm-hmm help people articulate their intentions and live them out. And going through coach training was, was more of the same. Um, organization development and helping, uh, you know, just re- even help, just being a part of raising my son, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. helping someone articulate their intentions and live them out. It, that's a really interesting aspect of parenting mm-hmm. as well. So it sounds like that period of time really changed how you looked at life, how mm-hmm. you make your yeses, you know, what are your yeses and what are your noes? Mm, good way to put it. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so that particular early encounter, most people don't like it. Like you said, most people don't encounter life mapping until later on in life. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really sad because I had the benefit of touching into it twice 
in my 20s and once in my early 30s before I came to the 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 point in time when listen to my life was getting birthed mm-hmm. and all of these things were converging and so i would say that life mapping has been just foundational mm-hmm. to how i look at life and the decisions i make and the yeses i say and the noes i say and what i know is at the core of what fires me up what's what i have sustained energy for is true in that vision and mission statement that are still that still resonate with my core I mean that's what's powerful about all this is no matter when you do run into life mapping God is going to use it you know and it's like Mm -hmm. okay here's our starting point you've already got a story we're going to go back and look at all those other pieces Mm -hmm. Um, but now we're really going to be on a fun journey together with uh, you know you and God and whoever you invite into that Um, I think it's just the incredible clarity that that life mapping can offer can be of benefit at any age and repeated over a lifetime. It's not just a one and done kind of thing because we lose the handle on our own storyline multiple times in Mm -hmm. our lives. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's easy to do. I mean, I can think of recently even a woman uh, that you and I both know who has encountered this. I, I think she's in her 80s. And had quite a life story. And and I've ran into her in a couple, I don't even know that I've met her in person, but, you know, a couple different conference call things that we've been on and uh, in, a, in a writing group and then in a listen to my life group. And uh, to hear her tell her story, and I, I probably heard it one of the first times um, in this writing group, and to hear her tell it now and just like what's uncovered for this woman who's, you know, I don't know, 82 years old mm-hmm. <laughs> of some really painful pieces in her story that took everything to even just speak them out loud to a bunch of strangers on a, <laughs> you know, in a cohort to what is unfolding now. And so uh, it's a, it's an all age kind of deal. Do I know who you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Yes. And our, 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 precious friend Wilma. Yes. <laughs> and um, yes, in her 80s, got so excited about life mapping and she went through the process with Becky Stahl, mm-hmm. another uh, facilitator and great friend of ours. Um, and Wilma had such a profound experience with the life mapping that she decided she she was talking about it all the time. And so she's taken, I think, maybe three or four people through it since then. I think so. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it really is one of those, for me, you know, generative. It's multiple, it's, it, it multiplies itself mm-hmm. because once someone's had a, an experience with it, they want to share it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes. And what is more precious than Wilma's voice? <laughs> no, that's right. And I, I just bring her up because I just, you know, whether it's in your 20s and you're figuring out who you are or in your 40s or, you know, as life changes or in your 80s. Right. And, uh, and I, it brings up another remembrance of one of our facilitators telling us about someone that went through the process with them who at 70 years old decided God was clearly not done with her yet and signed up for a two-year missionary stint in India. You know, I mean, I, I love that. But yet there's people that we've taken through in their 20s that have hit something that is it, it disorienting in terms of mm-hmm. of asking this um, I don't know myself anymore kinds of questions or maybe I never really figured out who I am um, and it being clarifying and 
very courageous steps taken to um, change careers or to um, to move um, or uh, different people making very big decisions out of some of this and sometimes not big decisions, changes of perspective mm-hmm. on the situation they're currently in that help them to live more joyfully in the midst of difficulty mm-hmm. um, that can't be avoided or moved away from or <laughs> discarded so easily. So um, all of that. So let's see. If you wonder, listen to my life for you, is for you if you wonder if there is something more. Yeah, I, I think we've hit on this one actually quite a bit already. With well, they all kind of weave into they each other, do. don't they? They do, because, I mean, I think you do hit these tipping points along the way. And as I think about the different people we've run into and listened to their stories, um, there have been several instances of somebody just kind of at that, um, you know, point, maybe they're moving into retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, or empty nesting. That's uh, quite a season or too. Midlife crisis. Midlife crisis. But, yes. I mean, if we mm-hmm. if we stuck with midlife crisis on there, is there something more? If we just majored on that one, mm-hmm. it, that's a pretty big one because there's a whole lot of ways for people to derail at midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. Because this is probably the underlying question of a midlife crisis: mm-hmm. Is there something more? Mm-hmm. You know, have I have I missed out on something? Have I wasted my life? Mm-hmm. Have, you know, all the those nagging kinds of underlying questions that, that people hit that uh, um, sometimes wreck marriages and relationships mm-hmm. and uh, make some pretty wise, uh, unwise financial choices to go buy the big, uh, the, the, the little uh, red sports car mm-hmm. <laughs> with a big price tag. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it happens to be, to understand that that, that kind of... Um, that that kind of question of is there something more is a spiritual question. Hmm. It's a very spiritual question. But if we don't recognize it as such, um, we leave God out of the conversation as to what to do with it. And if we don't pause enough to actually acknowledge that that question's there or that it's worth exploring, it's, you know, we live in this world that is so distracting and so easy for us to move on to the next thing or sit in our restlessness, but we can, you know, anesthetize it with a whole host of things from, you know, available at our fingertips on our phones or on TV or at Mm -hmm. work or whatever it might be. Um, If you're in that place right now, I would just encourage you to take the time to, you know, pull back, pull away and like really investigate what does that question mean? And and the maps might be a perfect way. Yeah. Listen to my life is, unique in the way that we have incorporated spiritual practices into the maps and to give us some grounding points that help us to look at things from our perspective and look at things like, well, what is what is God's story telling me about this? When How do I listen to God's still small voice? Um, in the midst of this process, and what is he up to in me, and the the kinds of awareness that that people grow <laughs> um, in in the midst of this process in their personal interactions uh, with God. Um, you know, if, if if God is a is a is a word you get tripped up on, the divine, the Creator, your Creator, just be conscious of the fact that 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 is there something more question 
is a, a question you do not want to leave your creator out of. <laughs> so what, should we move on to the next one? Yeah, let's do Since it. They're all starting to loop onto each other here. Um, you stand at a crossroads in life and ask, which way will lead me toward m- more of who I am made to be? I think for me, my uh, leaving a ministry job was was a huge one for me in that. And um, because I felt so passionately about the cause I was involved in, I love the people so much. I love the work so much. And there are reasons why I needed to, to step away from that. One of them being that I was the mother of a preschooler at the time <laughs> yeah. and trying to like that that lie of you can do it all mm-hmm. was definitely in play in my life and just that thinking that I wasn't good enough to handle it all you know that was part of of what was going on just uh, that was yeah I was very disoriented because I didn't know how to care for my soul in the midst of the leadership role I, w- I was I was holding um, but then I was also asking the question of what do I do next what now? And those are times where revisiting your life story is incredibly impactful. And in fact, um, I do some consulting work and had a client um, in New York that I was ordering some materials from and came across the Grove Consultants um, uh, who have provided good, great guidance and resources uh, for some of the things that I do within my consulting practice related to graphic recording and they had um, they had come they had paired up with a life coach to be able to produce some small versions of the maps when we do large group meetings they're like four foot high eight foot wide maps on walls and uh, we kind of graphically depict the process of the meeting um, in picture metaphors and all. And it's very interactive and it works really well. And I was really, I've always been really excited about that. So when the Grove paired up and made a personal life mapping kind of a process with a life coach, I ordered it right away. And I just happened to be at this place where I was asking that question of which way will lead me to more of who I was made to be. Um, And, uh, so when I got a hold of it, I was absolutely thrilled and started moving through it. And, and like I said, my son was really young. And so I would take him to the McDonald's play place and I would sit there and work on it. Mm. And um, and it was the same time when I was uh, encountering Sybil in a new way and, and, and her being responsible for the um, the mentoring ministry at our church. And... I took it to her in, in the midst of it all. So the, that's how Listen to My Life developed. But that particular aspect of being able to return to life mapping at that particular um, crossroads in my life was so deeply impactful. And it was a you are the center of the universe uh, oriented piece of material but I was inviting God into the conversation, and God was very interested in having that conversation <laughs> with me. And he sure was. <laughs> and was just unbelievably present and unfolding things in front of my eyes that, that he wanted me to to see and to notice and to take hold of and to move forward with. And um, so that was the life mapping experience the third, <laughs> the third, actually fourth at that point in time prior to actually writing Listen to My Life with mm-hmm. Sybil. 
So that was a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. What about you? You know, I think I would say, um, you know, when I came across the maps, I had met um, Sybil and she was actually teaching a class. And um, I'm not sure I knew that I had this question in quite this form, but uh, she was teaching a class called Authentic Listening. And one of the activities of the class was looking at your story. And there was actually, you know, we as part of the homework was to um, map your story. And so um, I remember as a part of that, um, like these light bulbs kind of going on, like, oh, I think this is a part of like who God made me to be, (laughs) to look at story, to listen to others, to listen to myself. And I realized in that moment, like I needed to really dive into my own story to be able to, you know, sit with other people. Um, But there was this underlying desire to figure out how can I make the most of the days that God has for me, you know, I was, I'm going to say early 40s, how can I make the most of um, the very days that he's given me? You know, I was in the season of, we had four kids and, you know, elementary, junior high, heading into high school and, you know, working uh, part time and doing stuff at church and had my hands in a lot of things, but wanted to be sure that I was uh, really exploring who God made me and how could I best express that um, to the world. So sitting with that map that first time was very much about, um, you know, how can I fill this out and get this done, but had no idea the journey that it was going to take me on <laughs> to really discover who I was versus just, I need to get this map done. <laughs> yes, and in addition to that, your your curiosity is is, is something that Sybil sniffed out very quickly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and mm-hmm. invited you into what we were up to with Listen to My Life um, it, it, not too terribly long after that, I don't yeah, think. Right, right, and, exactly. You know, we didn't say it at the top of the at the top of this particular episode, but Joan is our director of facilitator development for One Life Maps, and so, um, and you've been doing that now with us for how long? I mean, it's been um, I guess ten years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've been at this a while. Yeah, this spring, say. I think. Mm-hmm. We our our life is is continually being mapped, mm-hmm. <laughs> and is. good news is uh, interwoven. In, in some beautiful ways because of it. So, yeah. So let's go on to the next one here. If you're looking for a way to understand the restlessness that you feel inside. Oh, gosh. I want to do a whole, whole episode on restlessness. So I, I want to touch on, on this okay. just a little bit. But um, restlessness. Oh, my goodness. To, to realize that restlessness is a gift that tells us it's time to pay attention. Because we can get so disgusted with restlessness, so oh tired goodness. of it, so beaten down mm-hmm. by it, and yet it has incredible amounts of potential. And life mapping is one of those things that if you're restless, pick up, listen to my life, and ask God about your restlessness in the midst of, of, of moving through it. Because I think what happens there, Sharon, I mean, you, you, you paint a, a picture. I'm intrigued what, what all you would want to discuss in a full podcast on that. Um, if you can reframe, essentially, your restlessness into, oh, okay, I'm moving to the next thing, the next good thing, um, and using that restlessness as a catalyst for, for making a move towards that. And I think um, using the maps, there's enough 
um, loose structure around the maps <laughs> to help guide you through that restlessness and help you feel like you are moving towards something um, versus just spinning your wheels. Yeah, to gain clarity mm-hmm. on on what is this, what's really underneath this restlessness, mm-hmm. and and what am I being invited into mm-hmm. um, as a result of this? It, the, to find the clues. Well, to look at restlessness as an invitation, right? It's huge. Just and, huge. Uh, I, I think God's invitations are, and this is a whole other podcast as well, are uh, sometimes don't look like pretty packages with red bows, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, if they, <laughs> they only did. They look like restlessness. They look like anxiety. They look like interruptions in your day. Um, and, and can we, you know change our perspective and our thinking to look for them in that way. Right, because it's it it's usually not a quick solution. No, it's not. And we wish it was. But um anyway, yeah, we'll save the rest of that conversation for later. Awesome. So listen to my life is for you if you are relationally at odds with yourself or others in ways that have ties to your past. Hmm. Yeah, this one relationally at odds with yourself. <laughs> You know, I think for me, it's the conflictedness that sometimes arises. I want this, but I want that too, and I can't have them both. (laughs) You know, I have a lot of seven tendencies. I'm probably like a 7.5 on the Enneagram, (laughs) you know, like hanging right out between the seven and the eight. and, And there's this piece of me that I want it all. And I like to avoid pain. And, and this one for me is, relationally at odds with yourself (laughs) it's like that's such a sneaky little phrase Mm -hmm. that it's just you kind of odd (laughs) well i think i think maybe Sybil had something to do with that one and uh but but i resonated with the words that was for sure and uh relationally at odds with yourself and others in a way that has has ties to your past i mean this is kind of an interesting last piece of this because this is huge um and what comes to mind out of this is I remember early on in my marriage to Tom that uh, we've been married for 26 years now, for goodness sakes, and um, and something happened and I snapped back at him so fast and it was somehow clear to him that uh, you know I, it was it was a dollar response to a dime offense for sure. <laughs> Something in him resonated with the idea that I wasn't reacting about him. I was actually reacting about my old, my, my, my uh, ex-husband mm-hmm. and how I had been wounded in the, in the midst of all of that. Like that pain was present in the midst of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was at the time a little bit unaware of, of, of how much of it and how much energy was still there. And um, Tom said something to me that I will, I hope I can repeat well, but the idea that I will never forget, he said, I am not, and nor will I ever be your Mm. (laughs) ex-husband. Both telling me, I'm not him, and Mm -hmm. I never will be your Mm ex-husband. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it just brought me to tears. Because he was right on 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 the fact that I was he he recognized it and he wasn't getting hooked by my energy coming mm-hmm. his way mm-hmm. 
because he knew it had something else. But he needed for me to recognize that that was what Mm -hmm. was going on. I was dragging my past into my present and messing with a current relationship because of some past pain. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what we do in life. If we don't sort this stuff out, we keep dragging along the pain. Mm -hmm. It's like the suitcase, right? We just kind of keep dragging along. We become numb that it's even, you know, hooked to our ankle. (laughs) And we pull it into the next relationship or onto our kids. Or, you know, Sharon, I always love when you talk about the maps and, when you begin the My Life Story map, you said, well, really, we should give you a map before you're, you were born, right? Because we pull in that stuff into our story, into the next piece of our story. Right. So our parents had a story, mm-hmm. and they had it well in play mm-hmm. before we entered the picture. Right. Stories that they were that they were handed about what parent, good parenting looked like, <laughs> looked like, uh, uh Stories about what a good girl looked like or mm-hmm. a good boy looked like and what they were trying to shape us into um, that may or may not have been helpful <laughs> to mm-hmm. us in some various different ways. Their own pain that maybe had come down generationally. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people we've listened to that have had abuse in their background mm-hmm. and knowing that there's been abuse in their parents' story and even in their parents' parents' story. And that these things roll downhill. Mm-hmm. And are we going to be the one to stop it? Because mm-hmm. we leak. I mean, if if we continue to carry some of these things, we are bound to leak on other people or find ways to just continue to stuff it, um, you know, further down within our souls. And and we either leak on other people or it shows up in our in our body. Um, you know, Sybil will often say that our, our souls, um, you know, our bodies tell so much about what's going in the state of our soul. Mm-hmm. And that's very true when we talk about, um, you know, relational ties um, to our past. Yeah. And if you're familiar with the phrase triggering, um, mm-hmm. those of you who are listening, I know Joan is. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get triggered, you know, it, it, there is just this subconscious reaction that that brings all of this past energy with it <laughs> that gets f- flung onto mm-hmm. someone else usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to be the ones to stop putting pain in circulation, keeping <laughs> pain in circulation. Mm-hmm. It, it ends with me and it ends with you. And we need to be a community of people who know how to um, to be the last of pain slingers. Right. And to not give more power to some of these things from our past or from our parents' past um, mm-hmm. than is really due to them. And uh, and we continue, we can continue to do that or, or we have a choice to actually look at what happened and look at it um, through God's lens right, in a new and fresh way. And sometimes we can easily name those things and sometimes we can't. Right. And somehow mapping them up out, it's almost the distance between our brains and our memories and all, and putting it on paper in some way, shape, or form. Whether or not it's recognizable to anyone else who may ever see the maps, you know, sometimes it's just a symbol. Mm-hmm. Whatever it happens to be, there's an acknowledgement there. 
And then if you come to a point of being able to share it, it continually is moving into the light where the shame and the pain and everything starts to get dismantled. Mm -hmm. And it's unmasking those things that all of us carry it in some way, shape or form. It's not whether or not we have those things. Mm -hmm. It's what does it look like for us? Mm-hmm. And so um, those are those are huge pieces for what kind of human beings we're going to be mm-hmm. um, and what kind of legacy we're leaving. Are we leaving a legacy of, of pain and hurt? Or are we actually people that have more capacity to lift people up and encourage people and and um, and love people well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good reason to to do life mapping. What do you think? I, I do. I mean, <laughs> so this is, this is quite a journey that um, the maps together with God that we're inviting people into. Yeah. You know, as we come to the end of this particular episode, just, I am so grateful for the opportunity we have to, we, we put these microphones in front of ourselves and we have these great conversations that I am thoroughly enjoying with you, Joan. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, me too. And, uh, and I hope you have enjoyed listening into them too. And we'll look forward to having uh, Sybil around the table with us um, again soon. And um, we'll have other friends involved in this, different people along the way that we'll invite in to be in on the conversation with us on these podcasts. So please, um, you'll hear it again in just a little bit in the, in the outro here, but um, I can't tell you how important it is for you to um, to subscribe so that you get notifications when these podcasts come out, um, to rate and to review as well, um, because that helps more people, those particular actions that you take help more people to see it and then also to share it. Um, if you like a particular episode, share it on your Facebook or tweet about it or something for us in a way that, that, that connects more people to this, um, to this conversation. And maybe it'll spark some great conversations with people in your life. Listen to this and use it as a conversation starter. And, um, we are just so grateful. That's been Joan Kelly, our Director of Facilitator Development for One Life Maps. This is Sharon Swing. And for right now, let's just say, Goodbye, everybody. Great to be with you. Awesome. Have a great day. Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life? and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes. If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E. M-A-P-S dot com.